Hey guys, welcome to a special COVID-19 edition of the 60 Day Startup Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about some things that you can do in your business to react to the crazy changes that are happening by the day. And just to give you guys a little bit of context right now, we are recording remotely, a multi-location setup. It's very advanced, so be impressed. <laughs> probably in our pajamas, although you can't see, <laughs> but Paul's at his house. I'm at my house watching my two-year-old because, of course, schools and daycares are closed. We are calling together, recording locally. This will be merged later. All kinds of crazy advanced stuff, but it's because we are with you guys in the fact that business is having to change day by day to meet what is needing to happen to get things done in this environment. And we wanna help out and see if we can give you guys some advice as to how to update your business to meet that. Totally, and a lot of the changes will affect your business differently depending on what kind of business it is. So we're gonna break this down into a couple different categories. Certainly the majority of the businesses that are gonna be most affected by this are local businesses that require face-to-face contact to do their business to either perform their service or serve their product. So we're going to talk about local retail, we're going to talk about local service businesses, and then we're going to do a special category for food service and restaurant industry as well. So let's get started. So right off the bat, let's hit some folks that are hit pretty heavily, brick and mortar retail. Yeah, so obviously, brick and mortar retail... The writing has been on the wall in some way, shape, or form for several years now as big players like Amazon and Walmart and and all sorts of other movers and shakers have been cutting into their business. But chances are pretty good that if you had a specialty product or a product that requires interaction, clothing that needs to be tried on, that you were pretty well insulated from that. So if you were late to the e-commerce game and that was your situation, you probably weren't hurting so bad before this thing. But now we're all kind of in the same boat, right? You know, specialty products to the regular folks that are just giving you day-to-day supplies, they're all closed to physical customers. And now we have to do something digitally. Absolutely. And I'll I'll even queue up to, you know, not even the giant corporations are immune to this, right? Amazon's been having delays, big brick and mortars like uh, like Walmart and Kroger and that kind of thing are having some issues too. So it's not just mom and pop shops we're talking about. For sure. But chances are pretty good that you might be able to even compete with some of those big players if you do have a specialty product or if you have a very strong local identity, you can very easily move that online in some sort of e-commerce solution. Even if your products aren't very shippable, I know lots of local businesses that are doing local pickup, curbside pickup, and those options are available if you run an e-commerce solution. So let's talk about some of the things that are available in terms of platforms that you can spin up relatively quickly and that can look great and that are easy to use and also reflect your branding. Love it. Yeah. So the obvious thing there being, hey, if you're a local 
you know, independently owned brick and mortar. And now you're, you're the, the front of your business is kind of shuttered and you can't have people in the obvious easy first step is, can I get this stuff online? Can I sell to my current customer base? Maybe you have a regular customer base that comes in and orders from you. Can I get my products online so that they can buy them online and then I can curbside drop them off or ship them? That's kind of the first obvious step, right? Absolutely. And if you are in a situation where you have products that can be shipped, this is actually a great excuse for you to move your inventory online and expand your footprint. You know, I I was speaking with a local business here that sells specialty holistic pet items, like, uh, you know, more naturally focused dog food and cat food and stuff like that. And certainly their products are shippable. And the thing is, once they move to an e-commerce solution, their audience expands from outside of our general middle Tennessee national area to basically the whole U.S., even the whole world, if they wanted to do international shipping. So they could really make some sweet tasting lemonade out of the lemons that they've been dealt in this season. Right, right. And I think a lot of people in that position, right, that are going for the specialty products that are niche products have enjoyed, like you were saying, the success because it was easy to carve out a niche market in their local community. Mm -hmm. But that niche market exists elsewhere, too. And so you're right. If they can get online, if they can use this time when they're not working in the physical business and they maybe have a little extra time to do this, if they can use it as an opportunity to just get on the board there it might sort of expand their opportunities, especially when the economy kind of kicks back into action and there's more people wanting to to purchase from them. Exactly. So let's talk some specifics. If you are in this situation, you have a local business, a retail business, what can you look for? One of the answers that we talk about all the time is a platform called Shopify. You may have heard of it, but it's a very popular platform to get spun up quickly on your own. In my opinion, it's very easy to use as far as a platform that allows you to build an e-commerce website relatively quickly. So let's talk about a little bit of the features of Shopify real quick and maybe some first steps that you can do to get started. Sure. One of the reasons that we love Shopify so much is that it kind of takes on a great all-in-one pack of tools so you don't have to go too many other places to get all your basic needs right they have themes that you can apply it's really easy to get your your products up there and get images and it's kind of already sorted out to have collections it's also easy to integrate into like usps and other kind of shipping items to where you can send people tracking numbers and get them ready to go. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to set that up, which is fantastic. The other part I really love about Shopify, and this kind of puts them over and above most other platforms out there, is that it's very, very simple to set up your payment gateway when you're inside the tool. Mm-hmm. They've worked out a real special agreement. Usually you have to like make a PayPal account or make a Stripe account and then find out how to connect it. And that's difficult for a lot of people, especially if you haven't even taken the chance to get online with your business yet. And so they make it real easy. It's all inside their platform. So to me, that is one of the biggest reasons to go towards a Shopify setup. It's all right there. Certainly. So if you think that that's a good fit for you, and if you're in that position, the first thing that I would do is go to Shopify, figure out how to sign up for an account. I think their basic plan is as little as $29 a month. Do they even have a free plan right now, Michael? Do you know? 
You know, I do think that they are extending their trial period to、mm. six months for people、gotcha. um, due to COVID nineteen. So they're doing a couple of special things to try to help. People get online and not have to incur expenses while they're getting up there. That's fantastic. So, if you want to find out more about that, check out the link. We're going to link it in the show notes on how to get started with Shopify. So, you go there. It walks you through the setup process. It's going to walk you through how to set up your business, how to set up your actual like website landing page with a theme, and it's going to even walk you through how to set up your first initial products. Once you fill out all the information. Obviously, you're going to have a little bit of work to do, you know, in terms of creating or taking good photos of your products. You're going to want to write descriptions. If you're shipping things, you'll want to get dimensions and weights. But all that is sort of just the detail work that you have to do after you launch, because you can certainly sell right away. All that just sort of greases the wheels to make your conversions a little bit smoother. Absolutely, and you know what? Something I might even mention here too. If you've got a pretty dedicated customer base, and you know that they're wanting their product, maybe it's product that they buy from you continually. Maybe it's you know something they use weekly or monthly. I would not focus so much attention at getting everything perfect before you get up there.、Mm-hmm. You know, you can put up products with titles and prices, and not even have images of them to start with, just so you can serve your current customer base. Absolutely, you can even set up recurring payments in there if you want to, such that. You know, if you have something where your customer comes in, like I said, weekly or monthly to buy something from them or from you, you know, ask them if they'd like to set that up as a recurring payment. During this time, I think people are a lot more willing to support their local businesses and do stuff like that because that way they know they get their product when they need it, and you know they're supporting you continually、uh, when they know this is really tough for your business. For sure. So. If Shopify, for some reason or another, doesn't seem like the exact right fit for you, there are other directions you can go. If you're on WordPress, you can certainly get WooCommerce set up. It's a little bit more involved if you're not techy. If you're on Squarespace, I know that they have an e-commerce portion of their platform. And certainly, if you are just totally opposed to setting up a website at all, because It just seems like more trouble than you want to deal with right now, which is understandable for people that are not very computer savvy. Then there's always things like Etsy and eBay, you know, other stores that allow you to set up a little branded portion of their site to sell stuff through. And I, I've seen some great stores that only have a presence on Etsy, especially for handmade goods. I think it's great. Absolutely, and those kind of networks already sort of tie you into a collection of people who are looking for those kinds of products. So, if you have very niche or handmade products, like Paul said, Etsy is a great direction to go. And there are some other sort of niche marketplaces that we might be able to link to in the show notes to help you take that direction where. You can serve your current customer base, but also maybe quickly tie into that national or international customer base that is already looking for that kind of information. I love it. Let's move on to the next category of businesses. These are local service businesses. You know, I know that a lot of these people are really feeling the pinch right now because if you're doing a local service and if it's a a one to one in person service. Chances are pretty good that you have zero revenue happening right now if you're shut down. Yeah, there's, you know, you just can't be face to face, and if that's how you've structured your service, nothing is moving at the moment. Yeah, 
So what can you do in that situation? There are some maybe creative ways that you could try to see if you can bring your service online. So something that I heard about, and I can't remember which retailer it is, but I think it was 1-800-CONTACTS, is now doing a virtual eye exam, essentially, so that you can do an eye exam with one of their doctors or or optometrists, I guess, to get your prescription ready and then filled through their website. Obviously, no one's really going to see their optometrist right now if they're, uh, you know, at a stay-at-home order because the optometrist has to be all up in your face and everything. So I think that's brilliant. Obviously, that's a super creative way that not many people would think of. Certainly, not many optometrists that I know are going to say, oh, yeah, I can do this over the computer. That makes sense. Right, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, in that level, it, it basically becomes time to get creative about how you can perform your service. And then, you know, maybe just a small understanding or letting, you know, people like us tell you about technologies that are out there for how you could do that virtually. You know, obviously, 1-800-CONTACTS is a larger company and probably has a decent tech stack in place to be able to do that with optometrists. But... There are a lot of softwares, some even free, where you can do some of those usually in-person services remotely, right? Exactly. One of the most obvious things that you can do, or I guess I shouldn't say obvious, but one of the easiest transitions that you might be able to make is figure out how to turn your particular service into more of an online consultancy version of the service. So I know someone who is a professional closet organizer. They go over to people's houses and they kind of do the whole, you know, magic of tidying up kind of thing in their house. They could easily transition their service into an online consultancy, a webcam-based version of their service. They could even create a little course on how to have people do do it themselves. And all of a sudden they can productify their service, which has multiple benefits. I know Michael and I talk about that all the time. Absolutely. Another great example for you that I think a lot of our friends here in Nashville kind of fall into. I know a lot of musicians who teach music lessons, Mm -hmm. right? There are schools and locations and that kind of thing where like, oh, I've got my drum kit set up and I'm going to teach my drum lessons here. You know, you might have to get creative with it depending on what instrument you're teaching. But I've seen lots of people now move to doing remote lessons Mm -hmm. as long as the student has an instrument at home with them to where you can still do that and interact with them and give them guidance you know, from remote, whether you're FaceTiming with them or using Skype or Zoom or something like that. The the software at that point doesn't matter. It's just the fact that you can still get your face in front of them and help them. Exactly. So I would say if you have a local service business, the questions you want to ask yourself are, can I do this remotely over something like Skype or Zoom? I think Zoom is a great way to do it. Or is there a way for me to turn this into a consultancy Or is there a way for me to turn this into a course or a digital product? Hopefully, the chances are pretty good that the answer is yes to one of those questions. And that can be a great avenue for you to go down. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, don't be afraid to get creative there. I think, you know, getting creative with how you're doing it, um, what you're providing in your service might just be the edge that kind of helps you survive all of this. People are, are still needing things around your service. And so you just need to get a little bit creative as to how you're going to perform that and the delivery. That's right. 
That about covers it for local service businesses. You know, we'll link some resources in the show notes as to uh, platforms that might be of use to you. I know that we use a scheduling platform a lot for some of our clients that do consultancy that links into things like Zoom. And so we'll link some of those to kind of lead you on the right path to maybe, you know, spinning up a little bit of revenue so you can make it through this season. Absolutely. A bunch of those even have ways for people to pay through part of that platform too. So if getting that billing set up is something that's difficult because maybe you did in-person checks or that kind of deal, a lot of these are, are set up just to kind of help you out and do that for you. Finally, the last category we're going to talk about that kind of broke it out onto its own category, it's sort of a product business, it's sort of a service business that's going to be local food service and and restaurants, things like that. So what would you say to someone who was in this position who had a restaurant or bakery or something that was shut closed because of COVID-19? Yeah. So it's a really tough one to start with, right? Because, you know, depending on the size of your business, you might be going from something that has a dining room of 30, 50, 100 people, who knows, and you're constantly moving tables to a business where you can only do carry out at this point. And the volume of that carry out at least from people coming in and coming out, might be extremely different. Obviously, there are things you can do to make that um, more lucrative to your customers and easier on your profit margin. You can kind of slash the menu to the most ordered things. You can change it up to what, what people will enjoy the most as a carryout meal versus what they might dine in. I, I, you know, I don't know if lots of people are ordering uh, filet mignon carryout. Maybe, maybe. I could certainly use some of that right mm-hmm. now, but... <laughs> But I think getting smart about the product offering right there is is a big help to start with. Yeah, that's a great insight, actually. I've noticed even some of the larger brands that you wouldn't think would have an issue with getting some carryout business, being creative on how to package and sell their menu to fit the current environment. In fact, I got an email from Bonefish Grill. We have a Bonefish Grill near us, and I happen to be a fan of Bonefish Grill. They sent us an email that said that they have a specific family takeout special going on that basically you get a family serving of some menu items. It's already set up. So you don't have to go through your normal sort of, oh, you want this entree and I'm going to get that entree and we're going to share this. No, it's like, here's a set menu for your family of four or five people, one easy price. And basically they're doing what Michael just said is they're making it easy for people to envision how this fits the current lifestyle that they've been forced into. Yes. Yes. The two other things that stick out to me from you just mentioning that too You know, there's always the potential instead of just doing takeout to shift your model to a subscription service for the time being because people do need food consistently. And if you're like me, you know, you got a family at home all the time, at least every other day I'm sitting there going, I don't want to cook right now. And so, you know, if you know, hey, can I subscribe to two meals a week? Can I subscribe to three meals a week for a family of three or four? If you can present those options, you might find people taking you up on them because they're in need of making things a little bit easier on their end. Mm -hmm. And At the same time, you might even be able to do a setup like that where you're either providing a frozen meal that they can then do later, 
or you're simply providing the ingredients and the recipe for the meal, right? You know, companies like Every Plate and HelloFresh have proven this model time and time again. And I think local businesses might be able to lean into the fact that is already out there in the market and people are used to it, but they might want to be doing it from their local business to get that meal that they're used to getting or that they love getting and being able to do it at home. Yeah, I think that's a great insight. In fact, as far as the meal delivery thing or the uh, subscribe to a certain amount of meals per week, I think that there are already local businesses that I know of here in the Nashville area that do that. And I think that's great. There are certainly families that are busy and and overwhelmed even before all this stuff started happening. And it's just nice to be able to say, oh, I know that two or three nights a week, some people are going to come by and, and they're going to drop off a hot meal on my doorstep. And sure, you might pay a little bit of a premium as to what you might over just making it from scratch at your home. But, you know, hopefully provides you with a little bit of joy and a little bit of relief in these stressful times. And I think that's a brilliant business model. Yeah. I know, I mean, I know a lot of families in my neighborhood that would take advantage of it, even just for sanity's sake right now, let alone the fact that it's supporting a local business. It tastes good, you know, it breaks up the boredom. Um, we're only probably two weeks into this and it already starts to feel a little bit like Groundhog's Day. Mm. So again, you know, restaurant and business owners, it's really just about framing the offer there in a way that people go, oh, this isn't just like the thing that I ordered takeout from, like this can still integrate into my life. Here's how I'm going to do it now in this environment. For sure. And then finally, the obvious thing that a restaurant or bakery or other kind of food business can do is put yourself up on DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, all the local providers of delivery that basically just take a cut of what you do. Uh, you don't hardly have to do anything for that. That's kind of a no-brainer right now. If you're a restaurant, you need to be doing at least that so you can try to recover some of that lost revenue and survive the season. It's a great call. It's a great call. Well, cool. Well, we'll be continuing to do some podcasts like this throughout the season. Obviously, none of us really know exactly how long this is going to happen. But as always, we here at 60 Day Startup are here to help you guys understand how to keep your business lean, how to get it up on the rails quickly and keep it running and make sure that we all come out the other side of this better than we were at the beginning. That's right. We wish you guys the best. Stay safe and... We're all going to make it through this, so uh, we will see you on the next one at 60 Day Startup Podcast. Bye.